For decades, we've helped Tom's family with parenting, adoption, and what it means to be pro-life. It's just typical of the way Focus on the Family has worked over the years. They just provide very practical, biblically-based things that help people to make the right choice and, and support people in ways that really are necessary. That's why Tom and his wife give monthly, to encourage and equip other families. Focus on the family is out on the front lines of things that you know are necessary in the culture and in, in the community, and we as Christians are called to support God's work in that way. It's just a blessing to us to be a part of it. I'm Jim Daly. I'm inviting you to give monthly so that together we can save even more families. Join our Friends of Focus on the Family team by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com slash family. If you think about it, in the media, there are so many different portrayals of parenting, of raising kids. Um, I grew up watching things like Family Affair, which was, I think, an uncle and his, his butler, Mr. French, raising the kids. Uh, the Partridge family, there is mom and dad, and they each had three kids. You know, first major TV show with a blended family. And then Bonanza with Ben Cartwright and his sons. I'm trying to think, Danny. I don't know of too many shows I watched. Robin Laura, I guess, on Mary Tyler Moore, or maybe Lucy and Desi. I'm really dating myself here. <laughs> Little House on the Prairie. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, there yes, you go. <laughs> Little House. Thank you. There's a yeah, good one for yeah. us. Uh, the point is that we love stories. There are a lot of good stories in TV and movies about raising kids, but most of us don't experience life quite like that. I'm John Fuller in the studio with Dr. Danny Huerta, who heads up our Focus on the Family Parenting team. I'm talking media. What, what's coming to mind is I'm reminiscing about the good old days. Oh, well, I, you know, I, th- I think you have a really good point, though, John. It, it really portrays an unrealistic resolution to a lot of family problems. They do present the issues, and then all of a sudden there's this quick fix, and then whoop, and then, 30 there minutes, we are, and the messiness, done. and we're done. Yeah. Right? And it's such a long slog sometimes to get through uh, the issues, and that'd be a very long movie. Uh, but I, you know, one of the movies that's uh, been funny for us to watch as a family and talk about parenting was Home Alone. And, uh, uh, yes. and, and the, the, the leaving of the family, they forgot this child, what would that feel like? And we were talking about the different characters and what, would it, what it would feel like to be in those different positions within the family. And uh, it's, it's fun to just talk through the different roles people play in these family movies and consider what, it, what would it be like to be that character. And mm. that's, that's the way we've played through some of those. Okay, well, that's probably a pretty good uh, positive way if you're going to be looking at media to process it, especially with your kids. And uh, we're going to hear now a little bit more about, oh, ordinary life as a mom as Focus President Jim Daly uh, chats with Gene Daly and Lisa Joe Baker. Lisa Joe and Gene, welcome back. So fun to be here. It's great to be back. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back. And Lisa Joe, that's probably a good place to start. Why would you do this? Why would you write all this <laughs> in a book about your really some of your failings? I mean, it's helpful to young moms, that's for sure. Right. I guess I have a two-part answer. One is when I had really little kids, I wrote a book called Surprised by Motherhood. I was here and talked about yeah. it here on the show with you. And The Middle Matters is really the sequel in many ways because I realized I had come out of the sleep-deprived toddler making bottles all night long phase and had entered middle school, high school, and looking toward college. And it occurred to me, oh, oh, 
I'm in the middle, like in every possible way. And I was so surprised to discover how much I was enjoying it. And so in many ways, what I wrote here is a collection of what I like to think of as love letters to ordinary life. Mm. These are essays that celebrate completely mundane things. So your kid doing well on a spelling test, kids that you take to sports practices, you know, the fights you have in your marriage and you work through. That's the stuff that makes a whole life. Movies often take part in those opening credits, but there's the whole rest of the 40 years you live together, the middle. And I wanted somebody to write love stories about that. You know, that's so well said because I think we're driven by story. I think God has wired us that way. Certainly Hollywood has captured that and made, you know, trillions of dollars over 40, 50 years. But what about that idea that being comfortable with the mundane? Mm -hmm. We struggle with that as a culture, especially here in the U.S., but Canada, Western culture, we just struggle with ordinary lives. Right? We want to go viral. We want viral (laughs) lives. You know, we want that viral video or that viral meme. People are doing promposals. I'm so glad when I went to prom, there wasn't this pressure on the guys to have this big dramatic ask. I'm glad there were no video cameras the night my husband proposed to me because it was quiet and private. Mm -hmm. But that's so much pressure to live up to. And I think the problem is because our eyes are so focused on those things, we can easily have a deep sense of dissatisfaction when I look at my ordinary Tuesday in the dishwasher that has to be unloaded again. But th- that is where real love stories live. Yeah, and let me let me ask you this in terms of that discontent, because mm-hmm. that's where the enemy's gonna work, the yeah. enemy of our soul. Right. And where the Lord's gonna want to say, no, I mean this is this is life. Right. Daughter, this is life, son. And this is how we get through it together. Mm-hmm. But ha- how do we, as Christians particularly, how do we refrain from that dissatisfaction about the life that we have? So there are probably many possible answers That's a big to this. question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you one thing yeah. that works for me. So I'm a lover of stories. Uh, my brothers actually own a film company. They make movies and TV shows for a living. My mom used to take me out of school to see important movies. And I have continued this tradition with my own children. As much as I love stories and movies and Netflix and all the streaming services, I recognize that diet can be very unhealthy after a while. And if I start to see that niggle of dissatisfaction Mm. in my life, one of the things I have to pay attention to is how much am I consuming about this idealized version of family and how much am I reminding myself that the family I have isn't here just to make me feel X, Y, Z, insert whatever thing that movie made you feel. That's not why my family is here. My family is here as a living parable of what God is teaching me about his kingdom and his family. And that has got so much growth and delight and richness and layers. There's so much there. But if I constantly compare my family to whatever's happening up on the silver screen and these beautifully coiffed, perfect couples I'll always be disappointed. Right, the non-laundry day. Yes, right. <laughs> but I, why I like to say, um, I encourage women not just to seize the day, but to see the day, is that when we do that, when we deliberately look at our lives through a lens of love and delight and joy, we will be surprised 
at how satisfied we might actually mm. feel. Mm. So here's a practical example. My sons are teenagers now, and I barely survived the toddler years with them. And I wish someone had told me how great the teen years are. But I can call them on my way home now and say, hey, can you start dinner? Like, get the beef going or put burgers on the grill. And these seem like semi-miraculous moments when you slow down enough to pay attention. When you walk in the kitchen and there's a teenager with his beats on jamming to tunes while flipping burgers for you, there's something about that that completely surpasses whatever the silver screen is selling because it's real and it's happening in my kitchen. All right, Danny, I loved, uh, obviously, given the open for the show today, how Lisa Joe observed parenting usually isn't like what we see in the movies. Uh, so give us some guidelines on finding contentment in whatever the season is right now as a mom or a dad. I mean, mm-hmm. how do I find the good in this moment? And this is part of the seven traits of effective parenting. Okay. It's, Which is an ongoing thread uh, in these podcasts. It's an ongoing thread on the, on the podcast and here at Focus on the Family. And one of the traits is gratitude. Gratitude helps us see things from a different lens, a lens that for some people just does not make sense. And God has given us the... Uh, that, that opportunity to go into thankfulness regardless of the circumstance. And we read about Paul doing that in circumstances that many people would not find as a, as a place of, of thanksgiving. And as a parent, if we can start with a mindset of accepting what is right there in front of us, this is the day that we're in, this is a brand new day that's never been lived in, it's a gift I get to unwrap, hmm. as messy as it, as it may be, but I'm thankful that I get to live in it and get to influence within wherever I'm at and bring life to wherever I go. It creates adaptability in the mind, and that's the first trait, adaptability. The final one's gratitude that helps reset so that you are adaptive towards what is happening around you. That means you adapt, you're flexible with what you're surrounded by, different personalities, different struggles with different children, maybe in your in your marriage there are struggles uh, and there's conflict and you're adjusting to one another's different ways of parenting. That's called adaptability where you're not rigid and it has to be this way. Otherwise, I'm just going to either tune out or scream. Mm. I'm going to adjust and try to find wisdom as the day shows up and, and clashes with me at times. And then that prepares you to be more respectful in the way you show up. Mm. You you're able to manage your emotions differently because of gratitude and adaptability, and now you can be intentional in what you're doing in parenting. It sounds so simplified there, but in the seven traits, that's what I talked through. Each of those traits, as you show up with all seven of those, you are able to manage you regardless of what's around you. And the idea is to begin with gratitude in mind as you step into the day. Hmm. That's really good, Danny. And we're going to link over to some resources uh, about this seven traits that uh, Danny has mentioned. Uh, It's really an excellent uh, framework to have in mind as you go through your uh, day-to-day parenting journey. And uh, we're also going to link over to Lisa Jo Baker's book, The Middle Matters, which is a delightful read and has a lot of great stories and insights. Um, You'll appreciate Lisa Jo's humor and uh, her deep spiritual convictions as well. And uh, again, that book is called The Middle Matters. We're making that available today when you make a generous donation of any amount to the ministry of Focus on the Family. Details to donate and get a copy of that book and then also a link over to The Seven Traits. It's all in the show notes. 
More from Lisa Joe next time as she discusses heroes that your kids can look up to. Uh, for now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and our entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the back seat. It's tough to be a step ahead. In full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.